Welcome to episode 10 of Professional Balance, a bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle. On this October 25th, 2021 episode, we will be discussing balancing self-reliance versus collaboration. How can an entrepreneur or business owner balance their inherent attitude of doing it myself or the need to pay someone else to do what I can do for myself versus the value added of save time, maximized effort, attention to details, etc. that comes from delegation and collaboration? When do we break the habit of working cheaper and faster on a passion project in order to expand capabilities, capacity, and growth potential? This long-form audio-only podcast is posted once a month as an opportunity to deep dive into the issues that challenge all entrepreneurs, business owners, career builders, and decision makers. How to balance what seems to be contradictory viewpoints in business and personal life. This is more than just a work-life balance. We examine a variety of this or that scenarios. Let's get started. Let's begin by balancing the pros and cons of both self-reliance and collaboration, beginning with self-reliance. The number one pro to that is, of course, control. The attitude of when it gets done right, the right way, this is often the main focus of an entrepreneur or small business owner, is making sure that everything gets done the way they want it to and expect it in order to achieve the highest quality or meet the expectation that you're setting for your product or service so that you can deliver to your customer, your consumer, the other people that you work with in the sales chain, etc., so that it gets done right. Being in control means doing it yourself, but knowing is getting done the way you wish it to get done. Only know what you know is what comes along with being in control yourself. So there are limitations when an entrepreneur or business owner insists on doing everything themselves. This is one of the reasons that micromanaging other people is so ineffective because of controlling something that you should be delegating to other people and allowing them to control their own process. This is a mistake that often that business owners and entrepreneurs make. But another pro of being self-reliant and being in control of your situation is that as the entrepreneur or the business owner, you understand your day-to-day tactics, but also the strategy, the objectives, and the goals. So you're looking at daily execution and big picture all at the same time because as an entrepreneur and business owner, you need to be concerned with all of them so that you can make sure that they are working correctly so that the day-to-day operations are meeting the expectations and needs of the big picture, if you will. When the entrepreneur business owner does everything themselves, when they're completely self-reliant, there's no need to spend time, money, or effort in training, in explanations, or gaining buy-in from anyone else as to why this is the right thing to do, the value that comes with it, the reason that we do the things in the way that we do things. There's no reason to explain this, no reason to train someone up if you're doing it all yourself, and this is something you started to begin with. The flip side to that, of course, is everything you do, you can improve and get better at. So the attitude of this is the only way and the perfect way is not necessarily productive, but you would have complete control over the process without need for training, explanation, or buy-in. Along with another pro of control being that you can answer all questions 
and make adjustments without needing to ask anyone else. So whether it is closing a sale, whether it's negotiating a deal, or changing something in the process, you don't have to ask someone or ask someone who has to then ask someone themselves. There's no chain of command to run it up. You can make that decision on the fly as necessary with a great amount of speed. Of course, with speed comes risk, but in this case, it is definitely a benefit to be able to answer a question, to make an adjustment, or make a decision on the fly quickly so that you can move on with the process or make someone else happy in the process that you need, which is probably a customer or a supplier. When you're the business owner or the entrepreneur and you're in control of everything, there are no sick days. The good news is that means you don't have employees you're depending on to show up every week, every day that they're on the schedule. The flip side, of course, too, is as an entrepreneur, you do not get to take six sick days either unless you are in a really bad way. So it's great because you don't slow down or lose efficiency due to illnesses or other unforeseen circumstances that often affect employees or collaborators. But it is the onus is on you to do everything, which means you also cannot take sick days or take too much time away from your work activities in order to do other things in your life. All of this, of course, leads to a second point of benefit for being in control of the situation, and that is speed. When there's a single decision maker, when there's a single person responsible for everything, you can make things happen very, very fast. There's no nine to five attitude of someone clock watching simply to be collecting a paycheck as an employee of your business. No one's going to work as hard as you are in your business. You shouldn't expect them to. But you do expect them to work to a certain level of expertise, depending on what their job title and responsibilities are. But often, employees feel like they are simply employees and have a clock-in, clock-out attitude and will only achieve what is put in front of them on a regular basis. So by hiring or collaborating with others, you take the potential for someone with less interest and passion than you do being responsible for parts of the process. Along with great speed comes the fact that there is no need for discussion or missed messages or a lack of urgency. If you're the person in charge because you're the person responsible, because you are the entrepreneur that started the business, or you're the person who owns the business, you do not need to discuss attitude. You do not need to explain anything to anyone. You don't have to worry about instructions being misconstrued. And you always have control over the urgency of the process because you are in charge of it. You can make adjustments and reprioritize within one second, much like earlier not having to ask permission or to wait for someone else to give approval. The speed that comes with reprioritization on the fly is often very beneficial, especially in business in 2021, as opposed to business in the past. This creates a zero lag system where when something needs to be done is simply addressed, the decisions are made and the process is begun immediately as opposed to waiting for input from others or looking for outside criticisms or approval of the process. So zero lag on the system. Another pro, of course, is the control of your spending. 
when you are the person doing everything, you're not paying other people's salary, you're not including their their what you're paying them, not including just salary, but bonuses, taxes, insurance, etc. The true cost of employing someone that is more than the dollars and cents per hour cost. You have complete control to not pay that or to add someone, whether it's full-time, part-time, temporary, etc., in order to do certain things, but you have control over the spending process. That means there are less mistakes that can happen because you are the person in charge, you're the person closest to the situation, you're the person with the most passion, the most reason for reason for this to succeed, and will have all the pressure of failure, thus not making mistakes, not cutting corners, and not having excuses to do something incorrectly or incomplete. Instead, there are less, less, less mistakes that cost you time and money when the person ultimately responsible is in charge of the entire process. And I say this in a probability idea, but it's also a very temporary idea because as much as avoiding mistakes can be beneficial, can often be included mathematically in an ROI equation or in a reduced cost equation, something that can be measured, can be written to a report and looked at from an economic standpoint. There are other aspects of things that aren't necessarily labeled as mistakes or less obvious. This comes from fatigue and burnout, et cetera, which we'll talk about in a minute that actually add to the cost of the process that aren't as easy to see. So although there are visible benefits to redu- reducing mistakes, errors, etc., because, again, lack of training, lack of communication, lack of enthusiasm, etc., there all are also drawbacks to an individual being responsible for everything that are less obvious for you to see. And ultimately, if you are the owner, the entrepreneur, the business owner, you, of course, are going to have passion for what's going on. The reason you started the business, the reason you invested, the reason that you are spending your time and effort is passion for the the mission and goal of the business. As an entrepreneur, you understand you have to be the first one in, the last one out. Work early, work late, and get to work as soon as possible. No waiting for other people to tell you what to do or something else that needs to happen before you can start. There's also no complaining when you're the entrepreneur or business owner. Your name's on the door. You get to receive all of the spoils of success. You get to receive the profitability. So you can't complain about how much effort is necessary to gain that benefit. And at the same time, because you are in control of every aspect of the business or of the entrepreneurial pursuit, you understand that Every aspect is necessary and how it does lead to the ultimate profitability. So no reason for you to complain. Now, what are the cons of self-reliance? Not everything is, is beneficial. Some things are negative, right? Of course, there are limits to you. Limits on your time, how many hours in the day you physically can work, especially if we're talking about a side hustle or a second business There's only so many hours in the day that you can put into the primary and secondary pursuits. There are also peak hours, times when you have to 
to provide customer service because that's when your customers are calling you or emailing you or looking for attention from you. Same thing with sales. Sometimes sales have to be ha- have to happen with one person talking to another person, whether it's across the table, in a retail space, on a Zoom call, through email, through text, through a chat bot, etc. There are times where you need to talk to someone to complete a sale or simply finish the paperwork and process it and on their timetable, not your timetable. So Customer service and sales can be affected by peak hours or hours when people expect you to be at work because that's when they're at work. This is some of the logistics that come with running a business. There are things that are expected to happen during the day, 9 to 5, during a normal work hour, depending on what type of business you're in, what part of industry you're in, etc. This can be simple things such as receiving the mail, receiving shipments, having outgoing shipments, etc. All of those logistics can be controlled by the time of day that you're able to do certain work. If you can't get things done by certain deadlines, they have to wait till the next day or the next deadline, which could delay your process or make it hard for you to do business with for your customers or suppliers. And there are other things that often take you out of house as a term for things that pull you away from the office and, again, have to be done under normal business hour circumstances. This would be any legal proceedings, filing any paperwork, anything with zoning or other legal items that come with your business or industry, your OSHA examinations, etc. anything that you do with a bank as far as making deposits, withdrawals, other transactions, conversations about potential loans, etc. all have to happen on their schedule instead of yours. And so you are going to spread yourself too thin and miss opportunities if you're an entrepreneur or this is a full-time business or a side hustle where you only have so many hours in a day and so many of those hours are peak. Of course, as the only person in charge and in charge of absolutely everything, there's, again, so much energy you can produce each day in order to achieve that as well. You may have a great work ethic. You may have a great attitude. You may understand the value of everything you're doing. There still comes a time when your body just simply hits a wall, when you have to slow down, when you have to take a break, when you need sleep, because the human body works that way. And sometimes that goes counter to what needs to be done in the business because you're the only person working in that business. With that lack of energy, sometimes comes a lack of focus, sometimes an overall view of what needs to get done from the front door to the back door, from taking in an order to shipping it and having it received by a client, etc. But the practical steps in between can often be missed, or the lack of detail can be fo- can be missed. The focus can be off if you're if you're in charge of everything, if you're responsible for everything, if you're exerting all of your energy and management of time in multiple places, you can lose focus and lose some of the efficiency of those efforts. Also, the skill sets or experiences that you have now are all that you can bring to your business. You are more focused, again, on the whole operation as opposed to making every single aspect of the operation run more efficiently or effectiveness. That comes from daily practice and an attitude of improvement with systems in place in order to allow for that improvement. So being a sole operator, being the only person responsible, doing it all yourself 
you start with only a certain amount of skill set, expertise, or ability to add to the process. In the process, if you're simply in the practice day-to-day, are simply trying to get things done to, to execute at a minimum level so that you can move on to the next aspect, you lose the opportunity to improve at every aspect. So that loss of improvement is definitely a negative. The potential for your business is also limited by your potential. You're the only one involved. You're the only one that can make it better. You're also the only one that can hold it back or your limitations can be the business limitations. So improvement slows or stops because you're focused on the whole instead of singular acts and not in a way that can you can take the time to refine or upgrade every process because you simply have to work so fast and have to do so many things, often different things, in a regular day, even if you're working 18, 24, 18 to 20 to 22 hours a day, there's still only so many hours in the day in order to stop the process and learn to evaluate and to make improvements. The potential for growth or scaling is completely limited to the fact that you are a single individual or a small, small group of individuals. This comes with the skill sets or expertise that you already have in place the manpower, the bandwidth that we've discussed earlier about how many hours in a day you can actually do something that's, that is beneficial, the inability to build additional systems because you don't need them and don't have time to do that when you're the individual who is responsible for everything, and understanding every aspect in order to be able to forecast what's happening in the future and what directions your business should be moving to because you have taken the time to do so. This is what they often call working in your business instead of on your business. When you work too long in your business, you're not able to do things that are beneficial for your business in the long run, simply executing in the short run. And even though you've increased speed because you're the only individual involved, there's not a need for training, explanation, instruction, etc., you still have only so much ability to perform every day within so many hours of the day. So that will cap the speed as to which your business can perform, grow, and scale. All of this potentially leads to burnout. Again, no matter what attitude you have going in, no matter how strong your work ethic is, no matter how willing you are to hustle your understanding, your first one in, last one out, etc. As a human being, especially if you limit yourself on sleep, rest, etc., will eventually burn out. It happens to everyone, even people with support. The lack of support can quickly and easily burn you out. So how do we balance those pros and cons against the idea of collaboration and delegation? Let's start with the pros of collaboration. Of course, when you, when you collaborate with other people, you have the ability to expand, not just expanding your business, but expanding the capabilities. Those capabilities can be skills, can be education background, can be expertise. And in the training process, your current and future and ongoing training processes can be expanded and expand your capabilities because you're allowing other people to bring their capabilities, their skills, expertise, 
training, education, et cetera, to the table, to the business, to the situation, that addition of those expanded capabilities increases the capabilities of the business itself. That addition of manpower and expansion of capabilities adds capacity. That's your ability to grow and do more with your situation. As you grow, you also, though, don't take people and their attention away from their aspect of business because they're not looking at every aspect of the business, just simply the aspects of the business you've assigned to them or dedicated to them via a job description, etc. So allowing other people to pay attention to your business will allow you freed up time to work less in your business and more on your business. And that expansion allows for more connections. The more people that you work with, the more people you collaborate with, the more organizations you're associated with, the more potential for collaboration, the more potential for other people within the scope of your collaborators to bring influence, to bring opportunities for communication, to bring potential to do business with you, whether they're on the supply side or on the consumer side, because more people have more connections and those more those additional connections allow your business additional opportunities. Along with that, of course, is flexibility. We said earlier, you can't take a day off no matter how sick you are or how much you need it because you're burnt out. If you are the sole provider of services by having other people delegated responsibilities, by having collaborators, you have the flexibility to continue business without your physical presence there. Again, allowing you to potentially either take time off, take care of your health and mental awareness, or in the flexibility of through delegation, allow things to happen when you're simply physically not there. Again, allowing you to work more on your business and less in your business. If your business is going to grow rapidly, maybe potentially even doubling or tripling in, an, in a short amount of time, what might seem like overnight, you're going to need people and you're going to need structure in order to grow at that rate and maintain it. If trying to add people and structure while doubling and tripling your sales or your throughput is a very difficult task, but adding people adding structure as necessary in response to potential growth and managing that growth is something that is much more sustainable in the future. So you might make less on the front side, you might pay out more and profit less now, but the ability to grow fast and expand with people and systems in the place in the future that potential goes way up if you're collaborative from before you began a growth process. Of course, the expansion also allows for outside voices, other opinions, other backgrounds, other people's experiences that will allow them to give a thumbs up, thumbs down, or that's great if we try it this way, perspective to what it is you're doing. You might be smart, You might be great at what you do. You might have super ideas. You still can benefit from outside voices, bringing perspective, not just attitudinal or something that they think can happen, but if they're bringing 
attention to things that they have experienced in other positions and other companies and other situations, literal real world examples, those outside voices can benefit you greatly. This is probably one of my favorite aspects of being collaborative versus being self-reliant is the outside voices, the experience and expertise they bring, and real-world examples of how an idea you have, a process, a system, product, etc., might be received as expected or as not expected, completely unexpected. Of course, with the expansion of collaborators, you get to spread the load. You get to not only keep yourself from being burnt out physically and mentally, but allow multiple people to, to balance the load of your process, allows them to get more inclined into what they do. They learn from the process. They have the ability to improve that process because their focus is on it as opposed to being focused on the whole as you are as the business owner. That focus on their individual processes is where innovation happens. When you have innovation, then you have potential for product advantage, for lowering cost, or creating additional profitability with your product or service. The expansion also allows for additional attention. Attention to the ownership as a whole, attention to the business idea, attention to the details of the day-to-day operation, attention to connections of every aspect of your business, both inside the four walls and outside in the market, both on the supply side and the consumer side. Connection to the job that needs to be done, the product or service that's produced, the customer who is buying it, giving positive feedback or negative feedback, and the company perception as a whole. People whose jobs within your organization are to play these roles, have a better connection to each of their roles, to the people it affects and the people that affect that on the business. So allowing people to play those roles and build those connections, understand and learn from them, implement what is learned back into innovation for the company or improvement is a great value that is hard to put in an ROI statement, but is essential for any business to truly grow at any exponential rate. Addition of the chain of command allows you to promote from within. The more that you let people into your organization, the more that you can understand if they're the right people to work with you and if they're not. If they are the right people for all the right reasons, they understand the mission, they have the same vision and goals you do, have great worth ethics, they have a great business ethic as well. These are all people that you would want to give additional responsibility to, that you would want to move into promotion in the chain of your command. And the people who can't live up to those expectations or can't perform the job as necessary because they don't have the skill set or the attitude can be moved either out or into different ways. So pieces can be moved as needed permanently or temporarily in order to achieve the best outcomes And then once those outcomes are achieved, you can make that part of your process. These are things that can't happen when you work solely on your own because there's nothing, no one to move or change. You're the only piece in play. Having other people involved, of course, also is is great for your attitude. This is where your cheerleaders come from. The people who are seeing daily struggles, they understand the process, they understand the the, all of the things that go into running a business and attempting to be successful and their willingness to be a cheerleader, to 
keep your attitude and the attitude of everyone else in the organization positive and understanding that the continual development process is what happens to everyone and you should continue to move forward in that way. Those cheerleaders can be highly valuable and, again, very hard to put into an ROI statement. The expansion of your circle of influence also creates accountability. You're not just doing something just to do it or doing it for yourself. You definitely can't have a my way or the highway attitude when you're collaborating with other people. The accountability comes from not just going to work every day, putting the hours in, but actually being productive, effective, efficient, making the best decisions, and making the commitments necessary to do so to build your business and grow your business on a daily basis because you have other people you're accountable to. If they're co-equals, as in their other investors or other people, remember your your leadership team, there is a peer-to-peer accountability. But even people who are lower in the chain of command, temporary employees, also vendors outside, people who are actually outside the organization, them, these people, communicating with you on a regular basis, watching your process, providing any input that they can, and their ability to essentially see if you're doing things the right way or not also offers a layer of accountability that often keeps people working in the right direction for all the right reasons, trying not to take those shortcuts or other things that are typically essentially detrimental to any business. And also as well, what you call success as the owner, as the entrepreneur, might be successful. It might be highly successful, but is that all? Is there more that can happen? Outsiders, collaborators, people who work with you can allow you to expand the ideas of what potential success there is out there, moving you forward to maybe even greater heights than you could possibly do on your own, even if you're already an entrepreneur, business owner who had set themselves up taking the risk and put themselves out there to be successful. There could be more. It takes, it takes input from other people to see that. Now, what are the cons of collaboration? How can collaboration be bad, right? Well, working with other people, you have to pay them something. You have to give them something. Money, time, attention. These are things that often are measured in what we call ROI, right? Of course, return on investment. That's not my favorite term in the world. I prefer to talk about ROIA, return on, not return on investment, the reality of it all, ROIA, reality of it all, the reality of what's happening around you is a better measurement. But of course, in traditional business, since we talk about ROI, return on investment, it's a measurement of money. It's a measurement of the time. Those two things are easy to measure. You can put into place, you can figure out how much money is spent to employ someone, to provide them the tools necessary, training, etc. how much time it takes you away from other core work responsibilities in order to do those things. And then also the opportunity. Anything that is delegated to someone else, there's an opportunity for that process to be improved, for a relationship to be built, for something sustainable to be created. If those opportunities are missed because the wrong employee is in place, or they weren't given the right training, etc. That is a missed opportunity. Much harder to put into an ROI statement, but it ultimately, at the end of the day, is a lost potential return on investment. By having other people involved in your business as well, of course, you also have repu- reputation and representation. 
If they're an employee of yours, if they're working with you and for you, they represent you and your brand at all times. Hopefully they do a great job of doing so because they understand the core values of the business. They understand you as the owner or the entrepreneur, but sometimes they don't. Some people do not get it and some people do not care. So that risk you take by allowing your reputation and representation of your brand to rest on the shoulders of a third party can often be hard to balance and hard to manage. When you are collaborative, you are reliant on others. That's just how it is. And that is a pro and a con. All of the good things that we discussed in the pros of collaboration come with it. And all of these cons come as well. All of the good and bad reasons you are reliant on other people. If they do their job, come through for you, perform well, you're on the positive side of that. If they fail, if they spend too much money, if they spend too much time, if they miss opportunities, or they are negative to your reputation and representation, if they're negative drag on your brand, that reliance is a definite negative. There's a need for communication when you are collaborative with other people. Sometimes that communication is lacking from you, from them, both ways. That lack of communication can be confusing. Sometimes messaging instructions can be lost in translation. All of these things have the potential to cause more trouble or create more problems than they solve by being collaborative. So what is the balance there and how much do you collaborate with other people so that you can bring in all that outside influence, all that bandwidth, all of that extra ability to perform versus the inability to communicate the lost in translation confusion and the potential to lose time, money, and opportunity. And even something as simple as real estate. COVID-19 in 2020 definitely changed people's attitudes about having a home office, having people in the office every day on a regular basis, the time and money and risk you take with real estate, whether it's leasing an office, owning a building, having facilities for employees to eat and to store their stuff and to have access to all the things they need to have access to to do their job, that real estate cost and risk can be increased by the more people you work with or work for you. Or you can reduce those costs, reduce those risks by having less people in your organization. The key is having enough people to be able to perform at expectation without paying additional or extra in order to, to physically house them in a physical space. So ultimately, what is the conclusion? How do you balance a do-it-all-myself entrepreneurial attitude of being the sole provider, the sole responsible party, the sole individual who is in control of the process? How do you balance that out against being collaborative, being collective, having delegation of your authority and your expectations in your business? Ultimately, it is a personal decision. There's a lot that goes into whether the type of business you're running, the industry you're in, etc. I find typically 
It all begins on where you start, and you typically start by yourself. You start with an idea, you put it down on paper, it goes from an idea to something that can be executed. That execution, again, is often, very often based on your ability to execute it because you have no income, you have no investment in order to start it, but you have your time and your effort. That's typically where people start. Now, the next question is, and the real key to balance here is, where are you going? Where are you going soon? Where are you going in the near future? Where are you going ultimately? Where does this end up? What does that organization look like at that time? It's the two-year, the five-year, the 10-year vision of what you're trying to build, what you're trying to achieve, what's possible because of the market, the type of business you're in, et cetera. When you look at the 10-year version of your business, you shouldn't see just you sitting in the same place where you started doing the exact same thing all by yourself. The idea that you can expand and build a successful, sustainable business that looks the same way in 10 years as it does now is very unrealistic. So you're going to have to expand. You're going to have to bring people in. You're going to need and you need the benefit of the expansion of people and skills, et cetera, in order to actually achieve that 10 years vision of success. So the next question isn't, are you going to work with other people? The question is, how fast or slow do you want this process to be? And is there a mixture, a happy medium, or a hybrid, if you will, where you allow yourself to do certain things fast, certain things slower, again, temporary versus permanent, or things that you can try out, you can give people small bits of responsibility that they can earn, larger bits of responsibility, et cetera. It's going to depend on the organization you're trying to build, what you're competing against. But understanding that you will have to make that expansion, you will need to. All of the benefits that come with adding people to your organization with collaborative efforts, with delegation, if you understand it and can prioritize it and understand the value of it versus the risk or the immediate outpouring of, of income or attention etc. Then you can balance out how fast, how soon, how often, and what places do I expand, collaborate, and delegate. So you have to see yourself in the situation. You have to understand where you're going. You have to understand how you can get comfortable with that expansion so that you end up with the ultimate idea of where you are and where you want to be. Now, the next question I'm going to have for you is, which side of this equation do you automatically naturally start with? Are you someone like myself who automatically goes to, I'll do it myself. I'm willing to put the work in. I'm willing to put the effort in. I'm willing to put the hours in. I'm willing to put the hustle and grind in to follow a idea, to follow a passion, to make sure it gets done right. Are you like me? Or are you automatically collaborative? Are you automatically looking for someone or someone's people that you can surround yourself with that benefit the organization that benefits you, that maybe is less profitability, but more predictability, more manageability, and more sustainability. Which side of that situation are you on? No matter which side of the situation you're on, the question of balance is really a question of, can you change? Can you allow yourself to work towards the other end of this equation? Can you allow yourself experimentation and attempts to do those things in great ways 
to build a sustainable, profitable business as opposed to doing things the way it is inherently natural for you, the way it feels correct for you. How much can you do that makes sense to you inherently? And how much are you willing to put yourself out of your comfort zone, out of your default in order to take the risk that can reward you greatly with the expansion of your organization? Can you change? There's more than one way to balance this. It's going to be very dependent on who you are, the people you collaborate with, the business that you're in, the sector, etc. Obviously, if you're in technology, you have to go faster. If you're in a traditional area, you can go slower. Service is different than product. And of course, when we talk about business, things change on a regular, almost daily basis. So balancing the ideas, short-term, long-term, balancing your default versus outside your comfort zone, balancing how you approach things and how much risk you're willing to take to make the changes necessary is really the answer to this question of how do we balance self-reliance versus dedication, delegation, and collaboration. Understanding that you will ultimately could ultimately and should ultimately end up with an organization with other people involved, with collaborators, both inside and outside your organization, people you work with, in a process, in a continual, ongoing process that continually learns, attempts to approve, and changes, adjusts, and adapts to the situations that are presented to you on a regular basis when you run a business. But ultimately, you are still the responsible party, making decisions, thinking big picture, working on your business, outside of, and less in your business, because you have delegated those, that authority to others, and leading an organization, but also learning from the organization, the balance of telling people and being in a go-first role, as also, the same time, listening to learning from and adjusting because of what the people in organization are telling you. This is the true balance to being an entrepreneur, business owner versus being a collaborator and delegator. Thanks for listening to the Professional Balance bonus podcast series of the Saturday Morning Hustle. I'll be back next month with a new topic on this series and a new podcast every Saturday with hustle and motivation advice from the office while your competition is still sleeping. Please subscribe, leave a review, make a comment on social media about what business issues you would like to hear discussed in this series in the future. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday morning hustle. Wake up and keep chasing your dreams.